Welcome to another edition of the Business and Personal Podcast, where we bring you closer to the people you do business with. And today I'm excited to be joined by Patrick Lloyd. He's the CEO of Income Power, based here uh, locally in Detroit, out of Waterford. Did an outstanding job with my electrical vehicle charger install. And I learned so much in the process that I thought it would be great to have him on to teach anybody out there that's interested in getting an electric vehicle the importance of doing your homework up front before you buy your car. So first of all, Patrick, thanks again so much for uh, joining me in your busy time. You will work until 4 a.m., a couple coffees. Uh, you're ready to go yep. and get this going here. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me, Ryan. Uh, I really enjoy uh, the, the invite and uh, talking about electric vehicle chargers and the new cars that are coming on the market and just try to help people educate themselves on uh, what they need to know before they buy a car and after they buy a car. And also, you know, you know, through uh, our uh, friendship we've built uh, from uh, the work we've done with you. Also, it's great to hear feedback from you uh, after, you know, we've had about a month and a half with your new car and see how everything's actually going. So. Couldn't be happier, man. We got some extra cash now with uh, gas savings on not uh, right. buying gas. So it's a good feeling. Yeah, especially sure. right now. So you know, before we get into this electric vehicle revolution and all the cool things about that, I want to go back a little bit before Income Power was even formed. And uh, you were out in Afghanistan helping with yeah. the military in a role that I don't know that a lot of people would think about as something that's mm -hmm. needed when we're at war, but the need for an electrician. So talk about that and some of the things you saw out there and how badly they did need your help. Yeah, uh, the government, uh, uh, you know, we were in Afghanistan for um, quite some time and uh, we, they had some people there that did some pretty bad things when it comes to electrical and created some very hazardous conditions. So the government allocated some money for a task force to go there to essentially inspect and um, analyze the magnitude of repairs and then prioritize them after that. So uh, they put together a task force. I was part of it. I went, went over as an electrical inspector uh, uh, initially. And then after a um, little period of time, ended up uh, doing some uh, project management and managing the inspectors over there. So uh, we had a, a lot of... Uh, Things I've never seen uh, that you would not see over here. For example, they had like Cat 6 and Cat 5 cables um, twisted together, feeding uh, buildings, just laying on the ground. Um, they had grounding and bonding issues, whereas you touch anything that was uh, metallic, you would get shocked. Uh, so we, uh, every day, our inspectors and myself, we'd go out and find these uh, hazards. And of course, you know, our service members over there are, you know, they're fighting a war and the last thing you would think they would get shocked using the facilities on base. So that was a big thing. We uh, put pride in what we were doing. And, uh, it was a, it was good. The camaraderie was really cool uh, with a, a bunch of, we had, uh, I think about a hundred electricians there up to 120 at one point. And uh, that was a great experience. Uh, never forget it. Good uh, time in my life. So it was, uh, it was real cool to be a part of it. So you were out in Afghanistan and Iraq from 2009 yep. to 2013. Then you came back uh, and tell our listeners uh, what ended up causing you to start up Income Power at that point. Uh, well, when I came back, uh, I, you know, being overseas, I was in Europe every so often, and I worked with a lot of people 
inspectors. They were actually uh, British uh, from Wales, the UK, uh, all from that region. And they, uh, you know, were telling me like a lot about the electric cars and how things were happening there. And I kind of, you know, I knew eventually it would take here, uh, but it kind of stuck. And then I got back here and thought, you know, this may be a long shot, but let's try this out and see where this goes. And um, I, I always wanted to have a kind of a foothold and learn more about this market. And uh, so I kind of tried to get myself set up for it. And, you know, about, I would say two years ago, uh, we uh, really started getting a lot of more calls, a lot more requests, uh, a lot more people asking about it, you know, it'd be a topic, uh, conversation, you know, when you're out to lunch or wherever with people. And I think a lot of it was brought on by Tesla and, you know, just, you know, just seeing their stock go up and down and the amount of cars on the road and people that buy them, you know, they have nothing but great things to say about them. So I think that's what kind of drove things. As far as for us, we, uh, we wanted to kind of sec get away from the run of the mill stuff and specialize in one particular thing. And, uh, you know, this is exactly what we're doing and what I kind of wanted to do. So um, it's been a great experience so far. So Yeah. You know, you kind of hedged your bet on the electric vehicle revolution and it seems to right. be a winning bet right now, man. I mean, it's certainly, it's still a very small part of the cars that are on the road, but that number sure. is growing quickly. And a lot of projections I see by the end of this decade, it's going to be right. almost 50-50 electric vehicles versus mm -hmm. gas vehicles. So yep. I, I think this is going to be a winning bet for you. So thanks. In, in that vein, you've got all these people that are now doing research. I know for myself, it was months of research before I pulled the trigger. And, and people right. need to know the this is just not a, a run-of-the-mill purchase. So right. it starts with you know, if you're going to buy one of these cars, you need to have a charger at your house. You can't rely there, even though there are a lot more chargers out there, you can't rely on the chargers that are out on the road and it's going to cost you more money to do that. So right. to make this the most economical, you need a charger at your home. So Correct. what's the first, in my mind, the first call should be to an electrician to review what your status of your home is, might need some right. upgrades and whatnot. So talk about the importance of contacting an electrician first when you're thinking about buying an electric vehicle. Yeah. So, uh, I kind of think of it as, a, you know, making a major appliance purchase for your house. You're going to want to know what the costs are, you know, if you can afford it, if you can finance it, um, and kind of what's going to fit where. So when it comes to these, uh, charges, it's, it's kind of the same thing. So what you're doing is, uh, essentially, uh, adding, additional uh, power uh, circuitry to your house uh, that it's going to be required to be used every day. It's kind of like your oven, your microwave. So you're not, you don't want to buy anything that's not known, doesn't have a name for itself. You want something that is, uh, has some brand recognition that works. Uh, do your reviews um, with the charger, you, you know, you pick. Uh, and and then also, uh, you know, think about uh, what electrician is maybe some electricians in your area or what electrician or electrical contracting company in your area is uh, uh, recognized for doing uh, good quality work. Uh, once you pick, find, you know, those uh, details, give them a call, get a couple estimates. Uh, one of the things that 
each electrician will, you know, if they're number one, you need to ensure that they're licensed. That's the first thing you need to do. And uh, get, a, I would say you get a minimum of a couple estimates and uh, go through each one of them and kind of figure out what each one of them has to say in regards to whether your service size is adequate or not, where the charge is going to be placed, what size wire they're going to use, what size charger. Um, the electricians who are installing these chargers should be pretty well versed with uh, the level two charging stations. And when I say that, like if someone's buying a Chevy Bolt, um, you know, the maximum onboard charger for that Chevy Bolt is 7.2. So there'd be no reason for uh, an electrician to try to sell them a 48 amp charger because it'll never charge at 12 and a half kilowatts. It's only going to be 7.2. Uh, however, if they're going to get another car in the future that like a Mach-E that would charge at a higher rate, maybe that'd be a good idea. Um, so what I'm getting at is, uh, you know, ask your electricians questions, uh, try to educate yourself uh, on what you're purchasing. So if you're going to buy a Chevy Bolt or Mustang Mach-E, find out what your onboard level two max charging is. And then, uh, you know, ask your electrician if they're aware of all that. And, uh, you know, they're going to, you may also want to ask your electrician the different rates and the consumers in DTE territory. Um, there's different rate plans out there. Uh, I know with your job, we use the uh, 1.9 rate because uh, you did a, a, your research and found that that was, was the best option given the amount of uh, charging you're going to do and compared it to your pre-existing electric bills. So, uh, but that's not the only consideration, you know, you're, your usage, maybe you may need a panel upgrade and you know you may not have the money to do that. So you may be able to do what you did and not have to upgrade your panel because you know we don't need the breaker space. We're using a, a separate disconnect. So that's something to consider as well. Uh, but in the end, you need to determine what it's gonna cost to install this charger and factor that into your tire, uh, I guess, monthly payment uh, for your car because uh, your upgrading service uh, could entail going underground with DTE uh, and it charges up to three, four grand possibly or higher depending on your situation. So that's the first thing you need to do is get some estimates and determine what the costs are gonna be prior to purchasing a vehicle. And then if you are gonna buy the vehicle, make sure your electrician gets out there before you drive your vehicle home so you can charge it. See, that's not the exciting part of the process, right? The exciting part is to test drive these cars, to go online and play right. around with different things. And that's where the focus generally is. And then you hear from people at the very end, oh, hey, by the way, I've got my new Tesla coming tomorrow. Can you real quick plug that charger exactly. in for me? And it's a little bit more involved in that. And, and in my case, with the panel being on a slab, that was even more work because you couldn't go directly yeah. underground. Uh, with the wiring you had to go around the house so yep. talk about that for people that might have a panel that's on a slab yeah so people that have uh panels that are uh not easily accessible from the exterior of the house for example in your case uh your panel is roughly uh, 25 30 feet away from where the service was and there's no easy way to uh reinstall the wire going from your meter to your pre-existing panel because it all went inside a slab and the conduit was steel and it's all rusted. There's no way to pull that wire out. So 
that added considerable cost to your job, uh, which I'm sure you weren't too happy about, but that's just, that's the nature of it. Uh, so uh, homes, uh, jobs like yours that are uh, on a slab uh, and your service is like 25 feet away, goes in the slab, it's gonna be very difficult to redo the service, upgrade uh, your panel, and uh, ultimately get your power to your garage. In your case, it was on the exact opposite side of the house. So it was a, it was a decent sized job for us. Now, homes that have services on the exterior, panel in the basement, um, pretty simple, straightforward. Uh, those are, you know, those jobs are a lot faster and a lot more affordable. Um, and lastly, there's homes out there that are older, that 60 amp services that will not take a new, any of these new cars. So those services have to be upgraded to a minimum of 100 amps. And a lot of times if they're in uh, like DTE region, uh, they're gonna read DTE road prior to the underground unless you, the planner uh, says otherwise. So there's a lot of variables out there. Uh, and, you know, like, like you mentioned, get an electrician out there before you buy a car. Yeah, I mean, you know, we could spend hours talking about every scenario that you could run into, but that's the main message I want to get out there because, you know, when you research and you write down all your costs, pretty much everywhere you look online, they assume a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars for your electric vehicle charger install. And right. If you have the perfect setup, yeah, you could do that, but not everybody does. So don't get right. surprised with an extra three, four thousand dollars in costs. You know, fortunately, I was able to budget that in and figure that all right. out before I signed on to the car. Again, just stressing the importance. Get every number you need to know in right. line. Don't wait till the day before the car's coming to call. Yeah, and that actually happens a lot. People buy the car and then call me. So um, now let's, we, you touched a little bit on the time of day um, charging. And I, and I right. think that's a very important next piece. So you've gotten your car, you've got your charger installed, everything's up and running and good to go. Um, I think it's a no brainer to charge overnight. You know, most people probably do the type of driving where you, it's not where you absolutely have to charge it during the day. So we're trying to stress the energy grids less. So DTE consumers, all these power companies say, Hey, charge your car from 11 PM to 9 AM. Right. And the grids aren't as stressed and you can pay half the price mm -hmm. you would pay during the day. The key is to get a separate meter for your mm -hmm. car though, because if you try to do all of that through your regular meter, you're going to pay way more for your regular power for your house during the day. So absolutely. That, so, so point number one, charge your car overnight. You pay half right. price, but get the separate meter for your car as well. Yeah. Uh, I think that's very important. I'm glad you brought that up because I've had customers who want to keep their uh, pre-existing meter, do the uh, dynamic pricing, I'll call it. And, uh, Nine times out of 10, I'll get a call back uh, three, four months later, and they want to go with a separate meter because they have, have uh, one customer had a $700 electric bill and didn't understand why. Um, they, they didn't change any of their usage. They just were doing what they were doing before. Um, and, you know, I, when I uh, go out to a job, I stress what you had mentioned, putting a separate meter in. So what that does is you're only metering your electric vehicle. So with that D1.9 DTE rate, my opinion and my 
experience, that's the best bang for the buck. Your return, the cost is not that much greater opposed to just coming off your panel. Uh, and your return on investment, if, if you have a, you could do the math, you have a hundred kilowatt Tesla battery and you charge it, you know, 50 times a year, you know, multiply 50 times hundred and divide by uh, what it costs to do that. And that's your return on investment. A lot of times it's less than a year. So um, I would advise that uh, there's, I think there's three plans with DTE, a D1.9, the separate meter, uh, as you mentioned, uh, at nighttime is a lower rate. And then during the day, if you have some emergency need to charge, it's obviously higher. But what people don't understand is you're only charged for that meter. You're not, you, you're not, the other two rate plans are for one meter combined into one. So you may be doing your, have your dryer on all day, getting charged with 24, uh, 28 cents a kilowatt hour. You got that separate meter there, you're down to whatever the whatever rate plan you were before you even got the meter, which is probably around 15 to 17 cents a kilowatt hour, which is a lot less money than the, the dynamic pricing. So kind of have to limit what you do if you do the dynamic pricing. What happens is people get caught up, forget about it until they get that big bill. And then they're, they're like, why did this happen? And it's because they're, you know, you, you got to be regimented if you use that dynamic uh, plan, which um, I, I am not that regimented. Maybe, you know, you, you may forget that if you were to go with that plan, you may have your kids running the dryer or, you know, having the air crank down during the day and you'd be in the same position getting a huge electric bill. So to control your costs, the separate meter is the best way to go. You're not going to eat dinner at 1 a.m. and you're not going to get up at 2 a.m. to do the laundry right. or anything like that. So if you're not going to do those sorts of things, you need to have the separate Agreed. separate meter. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the other advantage, too, and, and to go back to that, they charge like five dollars a month in extra taxes and admin right. fees for that separate meter, which just pales in comparison for paying out of your mind right. for power during the day way more than you normally would. But the other benefit, too, is. DTE anyways, gives you $500 back for your charger Correct. if you get on one of these plans with a separate meter. Mm -hmm. So charger 600 bucks, you get $500 back. So you're essentially getting about a free charger. Almost. Yeah, it's, so. it's, it's totally worth it. Uh, uh, that, I don't know how you can say no to it. I really don't. It's, and in, in the future, you want that meter. You want the EV metering to be separate because who knows what's going to change. I think five years down the road from now, Ryan, there may be a totally different rate structure and they may require people to have these separate. That may be the only way you can go in order uh, to charge these things affordably because the more power we draw, the rates are going to go up. And if you're a numbers nerd like me and you really like to pay close attention to how much you're truly saving with your car, it's nice to just have that totally separated right. from your other bill so you can clearly see the usage from the car. I agree. So, I totally agree. So uh, we talked about the rebate that you get for the charger. There's other tax rebates the government offers. You know, there's talk about possibly mm -hmm. the rebates coming back for the Teslas and the GM electrical vehicles. Right. That's still going through. But you can get money back for the cost of your EV charger installed too, right? Yeah, uh, the IRS offers a 30% tax credit, uh, which is IRS Form 8911, I believe. Uh, and it's up to $30,000 off the installation. So, you know, if you have a $100,000 installation, 
that'd be capped off at $30,000. So uh, that applies for uh, commercial and residential, any alternative fueling uh, um, type projects. So electric vehicles is one of them. There's some other ones in there, some hydrogen and, you know, things that we don't get involved in, but uh, electric vehicle charging stations is one of them. So, you know, you've got all, a lot of, uh, there, there's a lot of good reasons to go electric, you know, they're subsidizing a lot, a lot of it. And you as a EV owner can probably attest that, you know, once you drive an electric and compare your bills every month, why would you go back to a gas engine? If anything, I'm thinking about how, okay, how do we get a second electric vehicle yeah. in this house? You know, it's, it's, it's <laughs> right. pretty awesome. Um, awesome. So, you know, we're talking about charging in the house, but you are going to have to charge out in the road. You're going to go on longer trips and mm -hmm. have to do that. And I think the one thing that I've been so happy about in the first month that I've had my car and so thankful that I chose the Tesla. And the number one reason I chose the Tesla mm -hmm. was the infrastructure they had for their superchargers within 30 minutes. Right you can have your car fully charged. I don't know what people that don't have Teslas and you're out on the road, mm -hmm. uh, how they do it, because there's two types of chargers on the road. There's the Tesla superchargers that can charge your car in 30 minutes, but they only work for Teslas. Yes, right. Or you can use a destination charger, which is similar to a charger at your home that could take several hours. So yep. what, do you, what do you expect in the future? Do you think Tesla might eventually allow other cars to use their superchargers or will other models start creating superchargers? It's going to be interesting well, to see what happens. There's other companies out there that uh, offer uh, level three DC fast charging, which is different than level two. Um, uh, I don't, I don't want to go into it in depth, but the, you know, short version of how these chargers work is a charger is like a garden spigot controlling water. Um, all the charger does is control the flow of electricity for level two. Uh, level two takes an AC current and then controls the flow into the vehicle. And then once it's in the vehicle, the onboard charger go, changes it from AC to DC and charges the battery. The reason I'm bringing this up is I want to talk about DC fast charging, superchargers. What superchargers and DC fast chargers, otherwise known as level three chargers, what they do is they plug your car in, they've already converted that AC current into DC. So that conversion that would have been done on the onboard charger, that conversion is already taking place. And that current goes directly into the battery. So a couple of advantages of that is, is you can charge at higher rates. For example, a Chevy Bolt, maximum I said 7.2, with the DC fast charger, it's 50 kilowatt, 50 kW. So that's, if the Chevy Bolt has a 50 kilowatt battery, it can charge it in an hour um, for, a fit, uh, for a 50 uh, kW uh, DC fast charger. So um, that's key because if you're on the road going up north and you have an electric vehicle or wherever you may be going, you need to plot out your route because you know, you're gonna spend some time at a level two charging station if that's all that's available. And may you may not want to drive your electric car. However, if there's DC fast chargers, you plan your route around it just like you do with your superchargers. And to go back to what you're asking, are like say the Ford Mach E or the Chevy Bolt or some of the Cadillacs are coming up, the Hummers. Um, there is a uh, DC fast charging port that is common to all of the models except the 
Tesla charger that you can use at a DC fast charging station, which if you go to PlugShare, uh, it's an app, you can see all of the uh, DC fast chargers wherever you're going. You just punch in your route and it will show you where the DC fast chargers are, what type of uh, connections they have, and also tell you, let's say you get your 30 minutes away, you can determine, it'll tell you if someone's at that station or not, so in case you have to wait. So we foresee that, at, you know, that is a problem. Um, we are going to be migrating our uh, vans over to the electrics, vans and trucks here as soon as they start uh, selling them. And we're also uh, <clears throat> building DC fast charging stations uh, on uh, these routes going up north, east and west. Um, so guys like us can, and you uh, can travel without range anxiety. But you, you really don't have as much as I would because you have a Tesla. I, uh, um, we're going to be more of a Ford and uh, probably possibly Tesla Cybertruck, but we're, we need commercial vehicles is what we're looking at. So but the charging infrastructure is changing by the day. Um, we have put in quite a few DC fast chargers this past couple months, and it's, you know we've gotten a lot of good feedback from it. So we're actually building our own network to try to help with the, with the uh, infrastructure <clears throat> build out across the state of Michigan. So we're pretty excited about it. Yeah, I mean, it seems like you're almost seeing stuff in the news daily about money being pumped into the whole mm -hmm. charging infrastructure. It's, it's only going to get better. And, you know, I first looked at buying one of these about three years ago and that the range anxiety kind of held me back. I didn't feel like there were yeah. any chargers out there, but that's not the case anymore. It's getting, it's only going to get better uh, as we go. And just a, a fascinating topic. And we appreciate you taking some time to talk to us about it uh, here today, oh, Patrick. Thanks uh, for having me. I don't mind putting a shameless plug out there. I'm going to tell y'all um, this, this man and his team, they did an incredible job uh, for me. It was a very, very difficult process and they never complained uh, the entire time. And uh, I talked to a lot of electricians, a lot, and uh, they just stood out way above and beyond everybody else. And they lived up Thank to you. what they uh, promised. So anybody that's uh, looking to do this or any electrical work, I highly suggest Income Power. Uh, Patrick, any thoughts you want to leave us with? Uh, I think just, uh, I think it's uh, great that you're uh, informing people uh, to consult an electrician prior to purchasing an electric vehicle. It's so important. Uh, I have every, it seems like every week I get one or two people who are frantically wanting something installed that week because they're realizing their little plug in the wall is taking three days to charge their vehicle. And I don't know if it's a lot of misinformation at the dealership or where it may be, but uh, uh, we're working with a lot of different dealerships to try to um, get rid of that that classic case of uh, <clears throat> you know buying a car, no charger at home, no planning, and people are freaking out. So I think it's great that you're uh, letting people know to contact an electrician prior to even uh, thinking about buying a car, uh, and determining what you got. And kind of factoring that in your monthly payment so you can determine whether or not you can afford it learn all about it before you before you purchase it and have obviously the number one thing is make sure your charger is installed before you purchase your vehicle uh, and i think things will go smooth. your experience will be much more <clears throat> you'll be much more happier no doubt the end, so. well hey patrick always great talking to you i know you got to get on to your busy day so again thank likewise. you likewise